Welcome, welcome, welcome to Concentrated Chaos with your host. It's me, it's Rusty. And, you know, obviously for those of you that know me, I'm Rusty. And then for those of you who don't, I'm Rusty. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Today, I thought it would be interesting a bit to talk about why I'm so passionate about real estate. Feels like I'm, that's a jackass thing to say. I'm passionate about real estate. Because you hear that a lot from people. And I feel like mine comes from a deeper place than, I'm passionate about my clients. Wanting the best for them. Like, those people very well could actually believe that. And I'm slightly jaded about realtors in general. So I should probably give the benefit of the doubt to some of those people. But when when I talk about I'm passionate about helping people, there's there's a story behind that. And it's a story about what happened with, with my wife and I when we decided we were going to upgrade our house, our, our home, um, from our first home. We, man, uh, slight side, uh, slight side story. Uh, apparently I had only been speaking English my whole life, but apparently I still have issues. There used to be this awesome, awesome program and they don't do it anymore. It's called the neighborhood stabilization program. And basically what would happen is, you know, there was these houses that were just sitting vacant in neighborhoods all over the country. And, you know, for months or years and going into disrepair and the government put all this money out and said, okay, cities, if you go in and you buy these houses that are vacant, we will give you all of the money that is necessary to make these houses more or less brand new again. And so Amy and I got super lucky when we were looking for our first house. We were just looking for a house to rent. We were tired of being in an apartment. And uh, by we, I mean me, because I hate living in an apartment. We were out just looking, and I just we were tooling around the neighborhood that I grew up in. And I said, ah, let me just show you my childhood house. You know, we'd only been married for six months at this point. And um, five houses down from my childhood house on the same street, there was this house that had a, a sign in the front yard that said, you know, totally remodeled, buy this house for $1,000 down, call us now. That's that's crazy. Like, what is that about? I don't know. Well, let's let's call them. I mean, the worst that they can say is, "Oh, you guys, we don't deal with you, or you're not approved, or whatever." So let's call them. And ended up, this house was literally from the tip of the roof to the sewer line at the street, and everything in between was brand spanking new in this house. And the best part of it was is that the only way that the government would not make the city pay this grant money back as if they didn't sell it for a profit. And so even in, what was that, 2011? You know, home prices were way less then. But even then, we basically got a brand new house for like $160,000. It was fantastic. It was such a great program. And then obviously, you know, home prices went crazy and investors with all of their cash and stuff came in and that they don't need that program anymore. Anyways, this was the house that we were at, and we had decided we'd been there three years. We said, "Ah, let's let's upgrade." You know, we're we're doing well. We're in our jobs. At that point, I was in a in the oil and gas industry, working for a steel pipe company, 
And I think Amy was uh, at that point, she was at Lowe's. And so we were making good money for, especially for a young couple with two year old and a toddler and a baby at that point. So yeah, yeah, we could use some more space. Let's, let's upgrade. So we decided to sell our house and move up to something nicer. The called the same agent that happened to be the agent who sold us the house because we didn't really think about any other agents that we knew. Um, and she was fine on the sales side. Um, but when we went to go buy this house, it's it's when things went south for me. You know, we didn't know what we didn't know at that point. And so she basically said, just send me a list of houses that you want to go see. And we'll go and we'll take a day and go see it. She didn't give us any guidance on maybe narrowing down a list or thinking through what we actually want or frankly respect for her for her own time you know not having us send a giant list well we didn't know because we didn't get any guidance on it so we sent her a list of like i don't know 19 20 homes that we wanted to see i was like okay let's go see them and we spent i don't know 12 13 hours on a saturday going to look at all these houses and i believe we did that two or three saturdays in a row just because we didn't know what we wanted and we didn't really understand of you know how to do this process the right way i will give this person some grace that's that's a lot of work that is a lot of work to take people out for 12 hour days driving around but you know we we always tried to be accommodating like we walked into a house and both of us were like "Uh uh-uh well we didn't go and look at the house we just, if we walked in and said, nope, this isn't the one, well, we turned our happy asses around and went to the next one. So it's not like we just lollygagged throughout the day. We tried to be as efficient as we could with what we were, you know, the information that we had. So finally we found this house, and this was the house that she recommended to us. We weren't looking at this house because it was above our comfortable price point. Typically, lenders, like if you just say, what's the most I can be approved for? You give them their, your information. They're going to give you dollar amount X of what you could be approved or, you know, what you could potentially be approved to purchase. Well, chances are dollar amount X or, you know, price point X. If you actually look at what the monthly payment is on something like that, you're not going to be anywhere near where you would want to be. You know, at least in that case, I want to say... You know, we were trying to keep our payment probably around fifteen to eighteen hundred bucks a month, but we were approved. You know, so that whatever that price point was, let's say that price point was, you know, three hundred at the time. Well, we were approved for up to like three ninety or something, but the payment at three ninety obviously would have been way above what we could have afforded at the time, and so we weren't looking at houses that were above where our monthly payment would fall in a comfortable range. After like two or three days of this you know, gauntlet of looking through houses. She says, well, here, why don't we look at this house? I said, well, that house is above where we're comfortable. She goes, well, let's just take a look. Maybe you'll like it because you haven't found anything you liked in your, in your price point. You need to increase your price point to find what you want. So we go look at the house and it's everything we wanted and more. It was perfect. It was, you know, it's, it was my wife's dream house. I I really liked that house. It wasn't my dream house, but it, it was my wife's dream house. We loved it. I mean, we backed to big park. And then at that time we were literally the last thing in Aurora to the East. Like there was nothing built East of our house. 
in Aurora. You know, so we had just fantastic sunrise. Anyways, we went to our lender, did this process, you know, looked at this house. Said, hey, this, what would our monthly payment be on this? And we, and she told us, and we went, man, that's really not a comfortable spot for us to be in. And we told the, we told the lender, or we told our agent, it's like, man, we're not real comfortable with this. And she goes, well, I don't know what else to tell you guys. Like, this, if you like this house, you just have to figure it out because you didn't find anything else you liked in your comfortable price point. So this is it. So we said, you know, young and dumb. We were, you know, in our mid, early mid 20s. I said, okay, you know, let's, let's take a chance on it. And so we were already a little sketched out about that. But we said, well, you know, we love the house. We'll be here for a long, long time. We'll grow, you know, our incomes are going to grow and our jobs will grow into it. It's just going to be a little tight for a while. And we resigned ourselves to that. Well, throughout the, you know, the escrow process, come to find out that, you know, property taxes are going to be higher. Insurance was higher than we thought. HOA was going up, all these other factors. And it was going to end up being like almost, it's like almost a hundred bucks a month more than what we had initially thought. And we were already uncomfortable with the first payment. So our lender comes back and goes, yep, so this is going to be your monthly payment. And I called, I called this agent. And I'll never forget this conversation for as long as I live. Because I th- I still think about it every day. Every day. I called her up and I said, man, this house, we just, we can't do it. We were already uncomfortable with the payment as was. And now it's even more. It's 100, 100 bucks a month more. And we were already pretty tight on the beginning. Like, I, I think we're going to have to terminate. And she said, and I, I quote the exact words that came from this person's mouth. She said, if you cannot afford to do $100 more a month, then you do not deserve to be homeowners. And in that moment, I have never felt a feeling like that. I have never been made to feel so small and like such a bad person for standing up for myself. And I remember being so shocked in that moment that I said, I, I, I got to get off the phone. I got to go. She sensed how that affected me. And so I just got off the phone quickly. She called me right back and she goes, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. You know, just, we got to get this closed. And it was really, really apparent that she was worried that she had done all this legwork and she wasn't going to get a commission. That was her main focus. That was her sole reason for having us as clients. And I will never forget that ever for as long as I live because I never want to make anyone feel that way. I've done hundreds and thousands of hours of training and getting better so that I can do everything in my power to never let anyone buying or selling a house ever to feel like that again. That that one phone call pushed me over the edge to become a real estate agent because I thought to myself, okay, I've seen you know, that was our well, that was our third transaction at that point. I've I'd seen what goes into it because I, I I like to I'm a details guy, so I was curious about contracts and I I asked her about you know, how that all worked and stuff. And, you know, as we had bought our first house and, and then sold that. So, you know, I had seen that and I'd, I had an idea of what it 
took to be a, a real estate agent. I said, I'm pretty sure I can do that job better than that. And I damn sure can do everything that I can to not ever have anyone feel like that ever again. Because it was one of the worst feelings I've ever had in my life. That, that affected me. It still affects me to this day. So when I say I care about helping my clients, every time I say that, that, that phone call replays in my mind. If you can't afford $100 more a month, then you don't deserve to be homeowners. So like I said, that's where my passion for this comes. That's when I go and I look and I see the same six to eight names every single day on the MLS of homes that are expiring because they didn't sell. It's the same six, eight, 10 agents for the most part, listing homes just to leverage. And here's another, I wasn't planning on telling the story. It's another, another short story though. I've had, I've had an agent tell me, and now they're, they're a big agent now. Um, I, I've had an agent tell me, you know, I, and I asked him because the expired listings were always a conundrum to me. I, I never understood why you had to plan on not selling every home, every listing that you took. Even when I was brand new, I didn't understand why I had to plan for failure. I asked, I asked this agent, I was like, what's your thought on expired listings? Does it bug you if you have an expired listing? Does it bother you? And they told me, they said, not in the slightest, because I want all of the listings in the, the city, you know, in the metro area. I want all of the listings, so it doesn't matter if I have a listing that isn't going to sell because what I want to do is I want to use that listing to leverage more business off of. So it's less important if that listing sells. It's more important if I get more business because I had that listing. And that tells me all I need to know about that person because, you know, I've heard, I've heard big sales trainers, especially when I was with Keller Williams, there's a, a training program called Bold. It's basically just sales training, um, but it's all it's immersive. You know, one day a week for like ten weeks, and they get really, really big agents. You know, that are doing like thousand deals plus a year to come in and teach this class. And um, I had one, and I'll name this guy. I don't give a shit about this. Uh, his name's Cody Gibson. He's in he's in Pueblo or Pueblo, Jesus, not Pueblo. He's in Portland, based out of Portland. Slick, slick guy, totally dressed up, you know, to the nines, well-spoken, not a um or an uh to be found. Good. There's some good information he has. And, you know, there's something, some stuff that I've taken from him that I do like as far as he never says, but he says, and so instead of, I love you, but I have to go. It's, I love you. And I have to go changes the meaning. I like that. But he told me about his expired listings. He says, you know, we have the most expired listings in the Portland area. And I'm really proud of that fact because that means that we're taking more listings than anyone else in the Portland area. So that means that we're winning. And I'm sure everyone around me was thinking, oh, my gosh, thank you. All of those closed sales and all of that money 
that he's making. How awesome. And I couldn't help but to think about the multiple hundreds of families that hired this jackass to come in and list their home. And they had all these plans and all these ideas. Some, I bet some of them are young families, just like, just like we were. And they thought, you know what? We're going to hire this guy, and he's going to sell our house, and we're going to move on to the next chapter. And he fucking failed. Not because he couldn't. He's skilled enough to do it. It's because he didn't give a shit. It's because he wanted to leverage people's lives to make himself more money. Those three conversations play in my head almost every single day. The one that happened to me every day, every single day without fail. I think about those all the time because those people that they didn't care about, their lives were changed and put in a different path or a different speed because they wanted more money for themselves. And I refuse to have that happen to any of my clients or anyone I know for that matter. So when I say I am passionate about this industry, that's where it comes from. It comes from so deep down in my soul that I couldn't get it out if I tried. And that's what drives me every single day to do the best that I can. So there it is. That got, uh, that, got, ooh, that got more serious than I had planned on. I was just planning on telling a story. But um, this industry is wild, man. It really is. We'll, we'll talk about some other stuff. I, I'm not going to bore you all with real estate stuff all the time. It's just you know, it's what I think about. It's, it's, it's what I know. I'm going to only talk about stuff that I know. Because if I talk about something I don't know, then you're not getting the full picture. What I'd love to do, and probably what we'll do here soon, is I would love to bring in people to talk about things that I don't know and to hear them talk about it. Because listening, actually, one of my favorite things to do is to talk about what other people are passionate about to them. Because when you get someone that's really passionate about something, it's a different level of conversation than just somebody that's likes something or is interested or heard about it one time from their grandma. People that are truly passionate about something, that conversation fuels me. That's, that's a conversation that I want to have every day, twice a day. I love that. So we'll we'll get into that. But for now, I think I've yacked your ear and off. You holy shit. Someday I'll learn English, but that day is not today. So I've probably talked your ear off enough. Feel free. I want to hear your comments, your questions, your concerns, your orations, your speeches, your some other word that I'll probably look up in a thesaurus for the next episode. <laughs> You can call me. My phone number. I'll leave it out there for everyone. It's public. 720-384-5905 is a direct line right to my face. The email is rusty at rustystevenson.com. You can find me on all social medias at the Realtor Rusty. And I'd love to hear from you. I love you all. Thank you so much for hanging in there. And Mr. Andy Barkowski on guitar brings us in every time. He's going to take us out. Thank you all. Have a blessed day tomorrow. And uh, 
do something nice for someone else. Something that that they may not be able to do for themselves. Even if they can. Just do something nice tomorrow. All right. See y'all. Have a great one.